0: How the devil are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. How about
1: you guys? All right, yeah, pretty, pretty good. Uh, man. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Welcome to the show. It's a, uh, it's a real, it's a real pleasure.
2: Yeah,
0: glad to be on. It was we had a good uh, chat last. Th- when was the last time we sort of like talked? It was the draft punk stuff, right?
1: Yeah, we were. Yeah. Um, I think me and you specifically, Kieran, were just like consistently assessing everyone's picks in the, the, like, little mini chat thing on the Zoom call, and just basically roasting (laughs) absolutely everything that was going on. can't remember what else was being discussed. To be honest, I was a bit drunk, but, it It
0: it was probably me just cussing everyone who didn't take Jamar Chase? Yeah, maybe. Pretty much. I... I feel a bit vindicated that he's a favourite for rookie of the year now. <laughs> oh. Save
2: that for the save that for the episode, man. That's the energy we need. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, no, this is me twenty four seven. I don't
1: switch off. I know. I, I was <laughs> about to say was... like I'm what I watch everything that you put on Twitter pretty much because you're about as active as I am, and I keep seeing, oh Jamar Chase is brilliant. I'm like, yeah, he is. <laughs> Indeed.
0: I I talked so much shit to Bashad Breland because um, <laughs> oh. I was in the, I was sat just to the side of the end zone in the second row when Jamar caught that touchdown. I was talking so much shit to Bashad Breland because the way he like fell down, you could tell he wasn't injured Yeah, and you could hear what the trainers were saying to him and me and my girlfriend are sat like 10 feet away from him. Yeah, guaranteed. He heard everything I said to him.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> no, he's yeah. not. Um, he's not deflected a pass all season. He's not had any or, or intercepted anything. If a pass has come his way to the receiver, they've either not, they've either like missed it or caught it. <laughs> you, you know you're bad when the Chiefs' defense don't need you.
0: That is true. <laughs> F- Philly hang like what thirty one fucking points on him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah um we'll we'll have to dig out that gif i suppose you've got it saved haven't you karen i'm in it so
0: yeah the the gritty celebration is just you know i'm immortalized <laughs> now it's fine you can't get rid of me
1: we'll uh we'll find it we'll use it to preview the episode because i think everyone does need to see it if you've not already seen it and uh of course <laughs> it's, it's just me yelling suck your mum brush out <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize that that's what you were saying but i sort of figured you know that you could see me like, <laughs> yeah i'm like it. i fucking yeah like, i love literally. it literally oh
0: it was it was a good
1: it was a good day i was so sunburned afterwards it was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> all right are we um are we ready to get into the show
2: Hello, 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 and welcome to Stiff Up a Lip Podcast, the NFL podcast by Brits. We are in partnership with Gridiron Extra, and we are returning for our third season. So yeah, on we begin with me, Ed.
0: Me, Emma.
1: I'm Sam.
2: I'm Max Saito. And I'm Tom. Look at that production And bar. barely any of us are here. <laughs> yeah.
1: There are apologies from, uh, from Max and Sam, who... I think Sam's studying an exam now. And Max is yeah. currently shoveled under by six feet of uh office admin duties, so apologies. And Sam is a, a,
2: a rooster with a third nipple that just needs dealing with. <laughs> that's what Sam's got on.
1: <laughs> Fucking hell. Alright. So do you wanna start with Thursday night? Because uh oh, hold
2: on, we should we should we should start by properly introducing our guest.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's true. All the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Resident LSU Patriots and part time Bengals fan. Kieran from the. Hey! Where are you from, Kieran?
0: I'm uh, from full10yards.com. Just, you know, besides you guys, the best source of American football. Um, oh, no, no, no. You don't have to blow smoke up don't. our asses.
2: We are near the bottom. Karen. We're near the middle, but closer to the bottom. <laughs> Yeah, you, you,
0: you'll know me from yards dot com. You'll know me mainly from Kieran's Corner and the College Football Podcast. As you know now, we've got the Sky Sports wrap up coming every single Monday morning or evening for me. But yeah, it's uh, been a fun season so far.
1: Yeah,
2: yes. I, I was just going to say. Also, your name is adorning the uh, the scouting guide every year. That is a, a, I, a key I, I, resource.
0: Look, we, we, we worked very, very hard on that, but um I think if you Liam Lodge, I think, is the guy who really He he had the best most accurate big board in the UK. So if there's a guy you really want to go to for your draft stuff, if you go to at, at Liam and at NF I can't remember his at. It's like Liam sixty six NFL on Twitter. Um, if you go there like he literally consistently putting out the best draft stuff.
2: And we were comparatively. I mean, all you had to do was listen in to listening to the Draft Punks. One, we were consistently putting out the worst draft takes imaginable, so we could probably stand to <laughs> stand still a is... little bit more research and a little bit less talking. I think. Bearing in mind, you're talking to a guy who
0: said that both Patrick Mahomes and and Justin Herbert would be monumental
2: busts. So, oh. I mean, have you heard my Josh Rosen takes? So I thought it was the best QB that year. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> I said
0: Lamar Jackson had a way higher ceiling, and given that he was going to an actual working organization, he would definitely um, win like MVP or a Super Bowl first. But I thought Josh Allen would turn out with the best career. So
1: there was some truth to what I was saying. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. Now that we're through all of the formalities, there was a game of football played last night in Seattle, and uh, well the Los Angeles Rams coming away with the win on Thursday nights. We've not done one of these preview shows in a while, it's going to take me a little bit of time to get used to announcing it was a Thursday night game on a Friday. Brain's still full Friday weekend mode, but uh, what was everyone's thoughts on the, uh, on the overall arch of play?
0: know Smith for MVP.
1: I'm so glad that you said it. So he, he, if it wasn't
0: for Tyler Lockett somehow forgetting how to catch a football, we could have orchestrated a beautiful comeback in that
1: game. <laughs> oh, I don't know whether or not I'd even say that it was much of a comeback, because like, the Seahawks just let the Rams just get themselves a whole head. Like The Seahawks were in control and then just decided, ah, fuck it. Well, they don't have a pass defence, so I mean, the, how anyone
2: thought that they would be able to beat the Rams... <laughs> stopping nothing in the air I mean <laughs> all they had to do was start playing that's true it
0: was one of those games that I think everyone knew by like midway through the second quarter like oh shit this is going to be one of those football games uh, I'm not going to say there weren't standouts from the game but there was not wasn't really an impressive performance by anyone besides maybe Woods last night if, if I'm going to be Totally honest.
1: Yeah, I killed well, that. He had a pretty decent day. Uh I thought that Stafford sort of overthrew him a lot. Um but I wonder if that was just entirely from the fact that his finger ended up like mashed and mangled. So But I mean, if there's gonna be one guy in the NFL that will eventually start playing better after he's had an injury, it's it's gonna be Matty uh Matty bandage wraps. Start Padford. Stat Padford as <laughs> uh, as 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 our resident Packers fan would like to call him. So uh it's right. when
0: he wins the Super Bowl this season, that's just another stat for him to add.
1: I am I am all in on Matt Stafford, honestly. I've been arguing that Matt Stafford is like one of the best quarterbacks to play in an absolute bum roster. Possibly, in my opinion, like top three ever. Cause he has been hounded by how shit Detroit have been over his entire career. And now he's in a decent franchise with an actual game plan. He's fucking killing it. He's killing it. I love him. Matt Stafford for MVP. Let's get on it. Nah, yeah, he's hard. had
0: like two or three thousand yard rushes this whole season, and then people who hate him and go, Will he had Megatron? Okay, so he had one fucking receiver. <laughs> like like what sorry, I don't know if I can swear on it. No, so he's absolutely fine. He had one receiver. And that—that's now equivalent to him having an entire team around him
2: and a defense. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: <sighs> what a joke, honestly. No like...
2: line of, uh, you know, a play—a <laughs> playbook that suits his strengths. <laughs> All and, of these and... things are requirements. It turns <laughs> out.
0: Yeah. Now he's now he's got a roster around him, which might be one of the most formidable defenses in the NFL. Got some fairly adept running backs. I'm not too sure about Sony Michel. Trust me, I watched him play for us for three years. He only turns up in the postseason. Uh, <laughs> and then a decent group of receivers. I mean, look, he even put a ball downfield for Deshaun Jackson a couple times this year. So it's, like, it's looking good. And if the prediction comes true, which I've got them playing the Browns, it's going to be the most memed on Super Bowl ever. Can you Imagine <laughs> that. The two starting quarterbacks for this Super Bowl is going to be... Baker Mayfield and Matt Stafford.
2: If you'd have said that a year ago, somebody would have told you you were fucking crazy. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason to argue that the Rams will at least make the NFC Championship game. I feel like that's almost, excuse me, almost a formality at this point. But like, I don't know. I They're kind of, they to me, they seem like an iceberg, but like... It is just a series of incredible players and then complete nobodies underneath at every position. Like, they're not deep, especially on defence. They are not a deep side.
1: I mean,
0: Kenny Young's all right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they've got Leonard Floyd, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They are the most ridiculously top-heavy roster
1: in this league, I think. (laughs) Yeah, you've got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, and then you look through the rest of the team and what... (laughs) Is Taylor is Raby is is Coleman still there? Like, who the fuck are they playing at cornerback, guys? And, and stat-wise, what, they've got top defensive
0: tackle, top cornerback, top wide receiver, top quarterback, yep. and then just averageness everywhere else. Just, like, mediocrity.
1: What do you mean? Tyler Higby had a touchdown catch today? It's, it's... He also hasn't <laughs> cut his hair in about three years, bless him. Hey, I won't have any anything said about people that don't cut their hair for three years. I will yeah. when they earn millions of dollars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I think I'm safe. All right.
2: Do you, do you agree with me, by the way, uh, Kieran, that Tom bears more than a passing resemblance to Anthony Costanzo?
0: A little bit, actually. <laughs> a little bit. But if we were going to be... I think if you shaved... Well, yeah. actually, don't shave, and you would look quite like 2011 Julian Edelman when he grew his hair out to be like <laughs> Brady.
2: <laughs> I see oh. it, yeah. I, when ass. I when I had a shorter beard, I got a lot of Brian Hoyer, which was very upsetting. I, I, look,
0: he's still a millionaire, so you yeah. you take him where you can get him. Before my hair started falling out, I used to get um, Aaron Paul a lot, which I thought was just bizarre. But then my hair started falling out, and now they just say I look like a really old Aaron Paul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Paul Allen. Wait, no, he's a, he exists. Fuck. <laughs> of course he exists. What a fucking regular name, Paul Allen is.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a legend of the business. Oh, speaking of things that I know I would agree with Paul Allen on, I fucking hate these Seahawks kits, man. That that lime green is so horrible. Do you not agree? <laughs> they look like they're off to do the recycling. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that's literally it. it just, I, I cannot get by just why they thought it's acceptable. Or
0: do you remember when you were a kid and it, it was Road Safety Week, and they would give you those little nationwide owls that you would stick on your book bag, so that like car headlights would—they look like yeah. that. Oh yeah, 100%. yeah. You know, like
1: remember rulers of Road Safety Week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. They look it's that exact colour. They are just trying not to get hit when they cross the road.
1: <laughs> oh, I might start renaming them the Seahawks if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, they are rubbish, so Oh. Russell Wilson left the game with a uh, mallet finger Is is the official term named to it, which I thought was like a we're rehashing a Boris Boswazler uh Shit medical analysis here because what the fuck is Mallet Finger? I mean, obviously, Geno Smith came in and played like reasonable Geno Smith level football, but Mallet Finger? It looked like Russell Wilson was hurt by it as well, so maybe if he had some backbone like a certain stat pad for maybe he'd have finished the game and. Won it? This this is the first, I think the
2: first thing that's even knocked him out of a game since he was playing for Wisconsin, isn't it? So I don't think we need to worry about it too much. (laughs) (laughs) Him not being a hard man. (laughs) It it is
0: always interesting to see a guy like Matt Stafford actually show some form of emotion in a game though, because normally (laughs) he is just the most, like I get it, you're trying to be a professional at all times, but normally he's just the most boring dude on the field. Like, I'm not saying, like, he's a bad guy. He just doesn't have a personality. He is literally.
1: One of my favorite Matt Stafford moments of all time is the game winning drive against Cleveland in, like, one of the best forgotten games of all time, where he dislocates his shoulder, like, completely out of socket. And he is so hyped the entire time that he is, like, off the field to get back on. I will not have that Stafford doesn't have a personality. I just think that. Ten years of Detroit Lion football drove everything out of him and made him into a husk of a man. And now he's in L.A. He's finally allowed to be a human being again. Welcome to the real world, Matt Stafford. You've earned your stripes. First time he's had
0: a tan in ten years.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He looks healthy. You feel sorry for Jared Goff going the other way. I mean, he looks—he's a shell of of himself. He's pallid.
0: He's lived in California his whole life, and now he's got to go live in Detroit. What do you mean? <laughs> How is that? <laughs> fair? I, would like... have, I would have done what Gronk did when he heard he was being traded to the Lions, and I said, "Nah, fuck you," and retired. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> am I moving to Detroit? I would. You've made millions, bro. Just open up a couple McDonald's with your millions, and you'll just make money forever. You'll be fine. Yeah. Do you remember
2: the Do you remember the thing about Jared Goff where it was like a um? like a, a December game against Kansas, and it was the first time he'd ever played in snow. What? <laughs> like, he can't, yeah, he got to his pro career without ever having to play in snow. Well, he Holy played shit. at Cal,
0: and no one in the Pac-12 really tries to play teams that are too hard, so the worst place he'd have gone to is Ohio in September, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. About that, he's, he's never, <laughs> never had to face... Which is weird, like... I feel like he got to the stadium. He's like, I've seen this stuff on TV. I didn't realize how cold it was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick moment back onto uh, back onto this game. Uh, Jamal Adams' coverage abilities have been sort of widely spoken about already to this point. But it seemed like every every completion that Stafford had after the injury was basically targeting Jamal Adams. Which, when he's what the highest paid safety in the entire league right now. It's not great, is it? Not a good look.
2: No. No. He's kind of... He's... Yeah, he's, he's almost like Cam Chancellor without the coverage.
0: He's just a linebacker, really, let's be honest. Yeah, he's I just I watched a his entire. linebacker. I watched his entire career at LSU, and he's like a less developed Devon White. Like, we brought Devin White into LSU as a running back. Realised... Holy shit, this dude is putting on a lot of fucking muscle. <laughs> Switched him to linebacker, he somehow kept the speed and the hands, and then we're like, oh, this this guy could turn out as good as Jamal Adams. Turns out he's a million times better at what he does. And I think if Jamal Adams played linebacker, he would be a lot higher paid and have a far more successful career so far.
1: Yeah, I don't understand why they're so reluctant to like switch him there apart from that they already have like Bobby Wagner, but the the problem is is like, we've seen guys move from safety to linebacker before, and uh, Kieran, just for just for the listeners, has just wiggled his fingers around to indicate, "Oh, the taxes, the taxes, <laughs> raise yeah, hundred percent money." Yeah, um, but these sorts of moves can help a career, or at least have him as like a light, like a hybrid, like Jeremy Chin or Isaiah Simmons. There's nothing well, wrong the with problem.
2: that. This is the problem. He becomes a tell wherever he is on the field because if. Like, the problem is that their defence is so one-dimensional that if he's at the line of scrimmage, then he's blitzing, and if he's deep, then he's a liability in coverage. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. It, he has had some of the best highlights from a safety in
0: recent memory, though, when he just took a ball out of Daniel <laughs> Jones' yeah. hands. Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> they do know how big you've got to be as a human being <laughs> to walk up to, like, a six-foot-three quarterback say, hey, that's my football. And him to go, yeah, alright, here you go, buddy. I ain't gonna to fuck fair, with
1: you. To be fair, Daniel Jones will just hand over his lunch money at like the slightest breath of wind, so he <laughs> went to Duke. Yeah. He went to Duke. This is his first time hanging
0: around with black people in the league. He looked like um <laughs> he he looked like when Zach Wilson was at the draft and he was stood with all the players and they're all stood there like vibing and having a good time and he's like buttoning his suit and looking all scared. Like, bro, that's
1: fine, it out,, oh. you just know these that, were like, the takes we needed, yeah, this is exactly why we got you in here <laughs> out opinion. anyway, um <laughs> let's uh let's move ourselves out of seattle i'm I'm tired of this game. Has anyone got anything else to add? Nothing, okay. thank fuck, let's move on <laughs> um should we do previews first, or shall we get in with our? our headline topic. Let's hit the previews. Let's 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 hit the previews. Keep them wanting something for the end. So, last year we made a bit of a habit of spending a full hour and a half doing previews and then having them all be wrong by the time that we'd come to recording on a Tuesday. So I think that we just stick to four games, keep it nice and simple, maybe get through some predictions for the rest. No no stress. We're taking it light and breezy today. Um, And I think the game that, is on everyone's minds right now is Bills at Chiefs in G-H-A Arrowhead Field which is (laughs) the stupidest name in the entire fucking league right now and uh Lumenfield is pretty fucking close I'm gonna be honest with you it's close, CenturyLink was far better but G-H-A at Arrowhead Mm. yeah Um,
2: what was the old uh what was the old uh, Dignity Health Sports Park? It was my oh, <laughs> oh. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I found this out the other day. Cincinnati's um, baseball ground is called Great American Ballpark, and I was yeah. like, "That's a fucking great name because you're the oldest team." Turns out it's named after a fucking
1: bank. Yeah, I <laughs> actually, I really like the Reds' ballpark for just eye line, but one of the best batters eye line in the in the world. I think the only one that comes close is is. Uh, I'm going to say Pittsburgh here, because the Pittsburgh Stadium is phenomenally beautiful for, like, batter's eye line. But, great American you don't have to do a cursing great, nod, Kieran. Great
0: respect. <laughs> Colorado just have a mountain in their ballpark, so there's some interesting sights you see around the MLB.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of baseball sightlines that are far more entertaining than watching a Rockies game or a Pittsburgh game right now, so... <laughs>
2: I have, been, I have issues with this thing, though, because baseball is not an interesting sport. And so when I when I sort of think about, oh, let's make the stadium interesting, I'm like, well, is it sort of done in sort of like a Rocket League arena? But no, it's just a differently shaped field.
1: No, it is like a Rocket League. <laughs> it is almost like having a Rocket League arena, but also the field's different. Like Camden Yards, Baltimore, the Orioles have been garbage, but people still go because it's beautiful in the eye Line. You sit out guess, there and you stare at the Orange Warehouse in the back... Uh, over on, like, right field, down the right field line, you're like, I'm having the great time. It no was, one's like, ever hit that
0: warehouse either. That's the craziest part. No one has ever hit that warehouse with
1: a ball. The only time anyone came even close to it was Ken Griffey fucking junior. In and a he home hit the run day in front. Yeah. So, someday, when we go to the league and everyone's on steroids again, like everyone should be in baseball, it's far more entertaining. We're going to get someone juiced off their mind, hitting one off of that warehouse.
0: We're going to bring back Pete Rose as the commissioner.
1: Pete Rose? I, I don't get why Pete Rose isn't in the, in the Hall of Fame, but that's... Because he bet money on himself to win yeah, games. That's not a bad thing. Him betting money on himself to win games is not wrong. If he'd bet on him to lose and then purposefully stank, then yeah, fair enough. I don't get it. It's stupid. It's It's bullshit. Get out of your ass, MLB. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, we get some football to discuss. Bills. Chiefs, Bills, yeah. At Chiefs. <sighs> AFC Championship redo. All over again.
2: It annoys me a little bit that all of these games that are like the big dogs are arriving so early in the year. Like, Bills, Chiefs, week 15. Like, that would be incredible. Week 5, it's a little.
1: Yeah, got to don't get me a... wrong. They have to have a melee in the window so that neither of these teams' abysmal running attack doesn't have to get trotted out in the, in the snow. Bills hey, like have had at least Allen's 50 rushing yards in one game this season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Devin Singletary is the greatest crap back on the entire planet. Let's go. I'm taking Should have kept Christian Wade. I agree. I agree personally. Just fuck, fuck it. Get a whole NFL UK backfield in there and get FAO Barda playing it full back. Fuck it, I don't care. Hey, he played tight end for the Warriors.
0: He's got some downhill speed.
1: <laughs> oh. Does anyone have anything actually important to mention about this before we start talking about, like, the Bills and Chiefs lack of run game?
2: The problem with oh. Bills Chiefs is that, like, the basically the commentary is, these teams are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, no. I like them. I like it. it'll be it'll be a game I'll be glued to, but I'll just be like, yeah, these teams are pretty good. Hopefully, they put on my, a good game.
0: My only concern with the Chiefs winning is that if it's if they win on like a walk off touchdown, I def then have to sit through an entire week of the media just like slobbering on Patrick Mahomes' dong for an entire. <laughs> it's like I get it. He is really good, but like. Matthew Stafford and these guys make very similar sidearm passes, make great deep balls, but the media just doesn't give a shit. But Because Patrick, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that first season and people are still clinging on to it in desperation. Like, he was good. He threw 50 touchdowns. It doesn't matter that he threw 27 the next year and Ryan Tannehill threw the same amount with seven less games. Um, so I just wanted to add that for people who hate <laughs> Tannehill, but love uh Mahomes. <laughs> It's weird. You've got two guys who are in this game who are definitely looking to be the face of the league. They are your prototypical quarterback. They are absolute fucking giants, and they've got rocket arms. They have great pocket presence. They very much know how to diagnose the defense, and they know how to push the ball downfield very well. Both teams have great great deep threats. You've got guys like Miko Hardman, Tyreek Hill, uh, exceptional tight ends like Travis Kelsey. And then over on the Bills, you've got guys like Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Stefan Diggs and an exceptional tight end in Dawson Knox. Don't want to hear people's opinions on him not being good because he has been good this year and he was good last year. Agreed. You, You have got two phenomenal teams. The biggest thing that separates them is defense and the Bills have a very, very good defense despite the showing they've kind of given us early on in this year. Bills have an amazing defense. You look at the guys in the middle of the field, like Matt Milano, you've got guys pressing up on the line. Guys like you mentioned, F.A. Ubada, who aren't big names, but they can get penetration at the line. They can get off the edge quite fast. And then you've got guys like Jordan Poyer in the secondary. They, they have a very seasoned defense, and it's not a young defense. These guys have played with each other for a few years now, so they know exactly what the play calls are. They know exactly what everyone's signals are. There should not be many miscues from this defense. And going into a game like the Chiefs, it's going to be... If they can just get right, and look, they played the Chiefs in the playoff game last year perfectly. They played exactly how they should have done. You send four, and then you keep everything covered. They did it every single play. Problem was, the personnel executing the plays weren't their IQs, like football IQs, Weren't where they should have been, so they're misdiagnosing things and missing a few things. So what Patrick Holmes is good at is is disguising things. That's his entire job. If the Bills can get past that and beat them in this regular season game, I I very much think you could be looking at Bills Browns for the AFC title this year.
2: I mean, yeah, it is. A, it's a little bit of. A, I'm not going to say the Chiefs will be done if they lose this one, but the hole to climb will be enormous. I will just say to go back to something. You you pushed both of mine and Tom's
1: buttons when you complimented Matt Milano. Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, you it immediately he is our guy. Matt Milano doesn't get enough love from pretty much anyone. I don't think like outside of like Brett Coleman, who uh, we love everything that he puts out, and pretty much like the three of us right now. You basically never see any pro Matt Milano takes anymore. Like, it's almost like
2: will linebackers aren't a glamour position.
1: <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? Fucking called
0: called weak side for a reason, but he he <laughs> plays the position perfectly. He's one of those guys who he gets misdiagnosed as um, Mike a lot as well. You notice players do that; they'll call him out as the Mike when he's not because they're really good at disguising their coverages. They come out in a lot of exotic looks. Um, But Matt Milano doesn't get enough credit, and do you know why? It's because his job is not to make tackles where he is in the field. It's to seal gaps and make sure that players aren't hitting gaps or he's shutting receivers down. No one's going to throw towards him. They know he's got good hands. You are not going to hear anything about Matt Milano until he fucks up, and that's just the unfortunate reality of the position he plays. Now, yeah, you have some big stars at linebacker, but just the way he is used in that team, you will not hear any media coverage about him until he messes up or makes a
1: huge play. The way that I like to see the Bills' like defense specifically is they are um, very much almost like how there's like running back by committee. They are a defense by committee. You've got Tremaine Edmonds. You've got Matt Milano basically sealing off the center of the field. You've got Tredavious White. You've got uh, Micah Hyde playing at safety. You've got um, just... And, uh, uh, just Jordan Poyer as well. An absolute litany of players that will make plays and not be spectacular, but they will do their job to the point of you are not beating that team unless you come up with something real fucking interesting. And I agree with what you say. Like They had the perfect game plan for shutting down the Chiefs in the championship game. It was just that they didn't have the right players out there to do it. I think that this time especially with Ed Oliver now starting to really hit stride in my opinion he's passing the eye test more and more every single week even if he's not getting it on the box score like I don't care Ed Oliver has been like phenomenal this whole season um I I just I really like the Bills this year I think that they are the I think that they're the best team in the AFC championship uh, well in the AFC right now not to say that there are bad teams in the AFC but the Bills have got it all together, right? It's just whether or not they can get that running game going. That's literally my only point.
0: They're the most complete, um, for sure. I know they're like missing the running game, but every other team in the AFC is missing two or three pieces. They're just missing one. Mm -hmm. And even them, we saw last year, without a running back, they still, you know... Game or two away from the Super Bowl, essentially, so... Yeah. Ah, it's going to be tough. And they were in... You know, they've got a kind of easy division now, and, you know, that kind of sucks for me to say as a Patriots fan, but that's going to be their only real trap game this season, is maybe against the Patriots, because Bill can be kind of like... He can cause a fuckery when he needs to on defence, and he can confuse people. I mean, look, even Tom Brady didn't look exceptional... Um, against the Patriots. So they are probably in the weakest division, which means they're going to have some very, very good, like, easy wins. But even going up against the Chiefs, I still think they stand the best chance. All they need to do is they could have just gone out and given Lev Bell a a, a bag and said, hey, come play here for a season, we'll get you a ring. Just bucked him off at the end of the season and drafted someone. That's what they should have done, in my opinion. Um but look Josh Allen is a stud. Like if he could he would throw a pass every single play of the game and they mm. would probably still win a lot of games.
1: Yep. I agree. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's move on to the next one of the four that I want to preview um or that we sort of we picked out to prove We it. sort of picked out, yeah. It's not like I'm just making all of these decisions by myself. Um, <laughs> the podcast commissioner. <laughs> oh, right. I want to talk about Browns at Chargers, which is another powerhouse AFC matchup between the Cleveland Browns, who are rivaling the Bills as the most complete team, maybe missing just one aspect of their play, which Ed's going to hate me for saying it, Baker Mayfield has not played well this season. And against the Vikings, he did not play well. Um, but they are basically completing every other aspect of their game. They are phenomenally ra- well-rounded on the defense. They've got a fantastic running game. They don't need Mayfield to play well when you've got Chilburn Hunt. They've got wide receiver talent in there. OBJ looked pretty damn good in their uh, in their last game. They are really piling together. They got a new linebacker, Jeremiah owusu who has been balling this year. And uh, they're going to be facing up against Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers, who I have a deep love for everything about this current Chargers team, from the uniform to the current stadium, because I love SoFi as an actual... Arena to play football in, even if they, L.A. Chargers haven't quite got the fan base there because L.A. haven't adapted to them yet. Just say it's not their home stadium, is it? As the Rams, exactly. You got Justin Herbert <laughs> absolutely balling out. You got Mike Williams, who is having a phenomenal year. I mean, he was a bit slow, but they didn't need him to be good. They just needed him to be Mike Williams and take up uh, take up coverage because Keenan Allen was there. You got Austin Eckler balling out now again. They have one of the best young O lines in the game right now with Rashawn Slater on the tackle. He is, oh, and the defense, oh. When we come on to our main topic, I'm going to be talking about those guys because, holy shit, this is a good Chargers defense. This is going to be a great game to watch. I fucking love it.
2: I've never ever seen you this passionate when you're not talking
1: about the Steelers. I love it. The Chargers, man, they are so damn entertaining to watch. I love everything about them. Let's go. (sighs) Well, I've
0: got to say, Chappers, like, Apologies, but you need to have a team to be passionate about this year, and I don't think the Steelers are that team. Damn straight. You liked, my, you liked the tweet uh, I made earlier saying Ben is washed, because I think he is it's... at this point. Oh, anyone uh, with despite, eyes and a brain can see it. Despite my feelings on him as a person, we already know these, he's done, I think, and him coming back was selfish in my eyes. Um And that's why... The Chargers are the perfect team to get excited about. You had a rookie last year and Justin Herbert, who absolutely, I think even Lee, um, Lee Wakefield, who is over at full 10 yards with us, even he, uh, a diehard Chargers fan and actually a closeted Oregon fan, was blown away by how well Justin Herbert played. He didn't have the team around him. He didn't have the right head coach. And he's come out this year, Brandon Staley. People forget... Yes, Brandon Staley is known for that absolute suffocating defense he crafted in LA, but he was also a quarterback at college. He knows what he's doing when it comes to the offense, and we can see he's queued things up perfectly for uh, Justin Herbert, and they had that huge win over the Chiefs, where with like two minutes on the clock, he decided to throw a fade to Mike Mike, um, Williams Williams in the end zone, which... I thought, what the fuck are you doing? That's too much time. But clearly, he trusts in his defence, and they absolutely shut it down. They've had some bad refereeing
1: um, in the Cowboys game. The Cowboys game. game with that bizarre sack for, like, 17 yards, and it was like, what? Yeah. They whistled the play dead very, very early. You'd, you'd have struggled to even get an intentional
0: grounding on that play, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um But yeah, the the Chargers should be undefeated right now. They've absolutely looked... They look like one of the top new teams in the AFC. Um, Justin Herbert, very much on an MVP-like pace. A a take that we can talk about afterwards that I I was poo-pooed by everyone for that take. Um, But they do have an amazing team, and I don't think the Browns have the firepower to match them. Now, the Browns do have an exceptional secondary... Um, guys like Greedy Williams, um, Grant Delpit, Walls. They they have yeah they have some absolute freaks in there. And Jeremiah Usu Kamora is going to be an absolute freak in the middle of the field. You've got and Clowney, Miles Garrett. You've got a lot of studs on that defense, but I just think it's too much for the the, cha- the Chargers' offense is just too much for them. And um, now you said about Baker Mayfield underperforming this year. Yes which is saying a lot because nothing is expected of him outside of being a game manager. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's weird because he looked very, very good as a game manager last year. He didn't look exceptional as a quarterback, but he looked like a very good game manager. And that's all you need when you've got two absolute beasts running the ball like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. This game has charges all over for me, though, because the biggest, you know, the defining players in this game is going to have to be quarterbacks because of how evenly matched the defenses are. The offensive line isn't quite there for the Chargers, but Justin Herbert gets the ball out very, very quick. Um, I just think, the, the the yeah, the defining thing is this game is going to be quarterbacks, and my God, Justin Herbert is heads and shoulders above Baker Mayfield. That's why I've got the Chargers absolutely destroying the Browns. I think it's going to be a blowout.
2: I wouldn't go that far, but I'll mm. I'll say this: the the player who I think is the most important player for the Browns at this point isn't playing, and it's Jarvis Landry. Like he's the guy. He he was Baker's guy who is always going to be open. And as soon as he doesn't have that target that's open, he panics on the ball. Right? We saw it against the Vikings so many times. He just holds onto the ball. He takes stupid sacks. He's not Wentz balling yet. But I think if the season continues to go sideways for him personally, we might see a little bit more attempts of that. But yeah, I, I think that it's certainly the Chargers to lose. I would say that's. I think that's where I'd stand. I'm not. I'm not going to come out and say the Chargers are going to win this handsomely, comfortably. But I think that it's certainly in their hands. It'd, okay. it'd be prime Chargers for them to not win it.
1: I don't want to like be one of those people that like exclusively resorts to stats because obviously it's not the thing, but it does sort of back up the eye test here. At what point do you get concerned by two touchdowns and two interceptions as as your quarterback's output? Like, one of those passing touchdowns was mostly Kareem Hunt as well. Like, he's had one actual passing touchdown in four games right now. It's and it's he not was missing really,
0: like... absolute sitters last week. He had Odell oh, he had wide Odell open.
1: With like 40 he,
0: yards of space. He placed the ball behind him and inside instead of in front of him and over the top where the ball should have been. And I don't know whether that's just him miscuing, because that does happen. Let's make no... Like, you could, ha- you could be the <coughs> best quarterback of all time and you're going to miscue passes every so often. But when a guy's that wide open and you've got one of the best offensive lines
1: in the league, can you afford to be doing that and still keep your job? I think he'll keep his job by a country mile, but this might also fall down to the Browns haven't had a good quarterback since well since they came back to actual relevance so'
2: yeah, I mean, true He's the best one they've had in, the, yeah. in this window, but like I certainly don't think it's time to for alarm bells to ring with baker like i'm not one of, I'm not a baker hater the way that Tom is, and you know Tom is primarily a baker hater because of the progressive adverts. But no, that I, um... is true.
1: <laughs> I think I would have been like reasonably fine on his tepid behavior if it wasn't for just how obnoxious all of those adverts are and how often I have to see his face. I had Honestly. fun
0: watching him telling his teammates to stop littering in his house. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, i
2: i i can't see I can't see a world in which the Browns decide to move on from Baker just at any, at any point. Like I think they will. It's one of those weird things it's it's sort of like um Vikings do it all the time when we get a quarterback that's maybe a little way above average, and because we're used to below average, they're the savior, and you stay on with them even when better might be around the corner mm-hmm. yeah yeah i
0: I just think he's all they need right now, like they they don't need a guy who's gonna throw for three hundred four hundred yards a game, they just need a guy who can make some play-action passes on third down, or make sure Kareem Hunt and um, Nick Chubb are getting the ball in space. Now, Jarvis Landry has hurt him, because despite what you think about Odell, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, he is their best pass catcher. Whether Mm -hmm. or not he's getting in the end zone every play is irrelevant. He's the safest pair of hands, and he's going to get open on third down. Once again, another NFLSU guy who's just absolutely balling at the next level. Sorry, (laughs) I had to plug us a little bit there. But, um, yeah, that is a big hindrance to him because he is a safety blanket for Baker. and, And Baker does look a little bit lost without him there. And whether or not you think he's forcing the ball to Odell sometimes, I think he's personally a little bit more intelligent than that. But, you know, these things can happen. I just... I think, I know we said, I know everyone said last year it's make or break for Baker and he he had what is essentially a very mediocre season for a quarterback despite how deep they went in the playoffs. Is this Baker's make or break year? Because unless he improves exponentially, I think the Browns are going to be in the market for a quarterback at the end of this season. Whether it's through the draft or through free agency, which personally I think free agency is a much better idea because you've just got the feeling, hey, we've got a good quarterback. Don't want to have to get then get another rookie in, and that's three years essentially gone of your Super Bowl window because you're going to have to wait for him to develop if he sucks. And so maybe they can go and pick someone up in free agency. I at this point, I think uh, Andy Dalton would be better than Baker Mayfield, just how they've both played this year. So
2: it, yeah, I it, I'll it's take something. that one.
0: You asshole! Sorry, my cat. <laughs> Don't worry. I <laughs> just uh... decided to jump across my laptop. Um but yeah, it's that might be a bit of a spicy take, but has Baker been better than Andy Dalton this season?
1: No, not really. I I will say one thing is that um I think Baker Mayfield at this moment is like in this weird window where if the Browns were still bad, he would be like easily able to stay there as like this current level and be absolutely fine, and nobody would really be looking at him as the issue. The only problem is, is this is a Super Bowl caliber roster. That's, I, Ed's gonna hate me for saying it because I keep reiterating this point, and I have done for like three years now. It's a Super Bowl roster held back by a, like a barely missing out on the wild card round quarterback. That's that's what I see out of Baker Mayfield. I think that, like. He is the exact sort of level of quarterback that the Washington football team would have, not the sort of quarterback that the current day Cleveland Browns should have. That's that's my sort of spicier take, but it's not really very spicy because I've been trying to say it for three years <laughs> and I've been getting shut down by oh but you're just a, a bit of Steelers fan. No, I know what I'm seeing out of Baker Mayfield, because I watch him. 16 weeks a season. 17 now. Because
0: look how good he looked uh, in the postseason last year against the Steelers. Now, I don't know whether it's a, a, a case of he's going to turn it on in in the postseason, but that's the thing. Guys like Danny Amendola aren't remembered as great receivers and Sony Michelle aren't looked at as great running backs because the only time they turned it on was in the postseason. And mm-hmm. if Baker's only going to turn it on in the postseason... Is he the guy you really want if he can't get you there?
1: Maybe he's the anti-Cousins. Because yeah, Cousins is maybe. phenomenal outside of primetime and playoff football. Baker Mayfield seems to only be able to do it in primetime and playoff football right now.
0: Vikings should bring back Case Keenum. He <laughs> he led them to an, <laughs> <laughs> an NFC Championship game. I'm sure he could do the same for the Browns. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is, he's already there. He's already on the roster, man. No, he's... <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I, your point about Andy Dalton. My, my partner is a a in the wall Bears fan, and I've now watched enough Bears tape to know that that might not be an accurate statement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, took Cincinnati
0: to the playoffs five years in a row. That is impressive. When they had the coach, they had.
2: Oh yeah, no one, no one is, no
0: one is discounting the miracles. You should Dolan be in the did. Hall of Fame for getting a Marvin Lewis team to the playoffs. That's just <laughs> <laughs> All right. and and being the only ginger man who, who is like actually has friends.
1: Okay. <clears throat> we got uh. we got one more game that we want to like properly run through. Um I can't remember which one it was because it's we've been we've been talking about these ones for a while. Ed, do you is remind it Dolphins,
0: Bucks or oh, uh, it it yeah. be Packers one of
1: Bengals? Oh Packers Bengals, that was it. Oh, no,
2: it wasn't the one I wanted to talk about. All right, we'll do Packers Bengals then. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has never won at PBS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which means he's due one, I guess.
2: <laughs> I hate Aaron Rodgers with such a seething passion.
0: I love him, and I didn't like him until he said, a, career, uh, a, a, a down year for me is a career year for most quarterbacks. That's the moment when I was like, okay, this, this guy's a fucking gangster. I respect the shit out of that statement. <laughs> I have to
1: admit, I did, I did switch on him a little bit at that moment. I was, I was a little bit down on Aaron Rodgers personally. Then he said that statement. Hey, I
0: thought he was a baby, and then I said that. I was like, "Oh my god, what an absolute animal!" <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I think that this one's just gonna be like, I wouldn't say that this one's gonna be like the most watch or like must watch game of. Oh the week yeah, it is by, by a country mile. Like, hear me out here. But you got Joe Burrow trying to torch that absolutely god-awful injury-ravaged Packers secondary. Like, they got away with how bad they basically played because Ben Roethlisberger was god-awful against them. But there were, like, moments where Juju Smith-Schuster had 10 yards on any of their cornerbacks. If if there was anyone that could throw the ball, there would have been 35 points put up on that secondary. I'm I'm going to say this point right now. Joe Burrow might actually kick the ever living piss out of the Packers when you got. Is T. Higgins back? I know that he was questionable earlier Higgins on in the week. Is...
0: Higgins should be back. Okay. Jesse Bates should be back as well. Perfect. Which we saw against Jacksonville, he was the thing missing that defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he yeah. he's he is the quarterback of that defense he makes that ship go he's up there with minka as the best safety in the league right now i think minka edges him which i, th- I think he's out on f- his own
2: i think he's out on his own i think he's the best one.
0: I I I only say I think Minka edges in because Minka consistently makes high IQ plays that just make no sense to my brain. Like I would not be able to diagnose some of the things he does on the field, and I coach defensive backs at times. <laughs> so it, it this is going to be such a fun game because if the Bengals win, everyone can shut the fuck up about the Bengals being the Bengals. That they have been so good to start this season. Jamar Chase Stud Boyd Stud CJ Uzama Stud T Higgins Stud Joe Mixon Stud Joe Burrow Stud Jesse Bates Stud Logan Wilson Billy Price. Stud Billy Price say, Logan Wilson
1: <laughs> needed to mention
0: Yeah Absolutely He has had Through four games As many tackles As he had Through eleven games Last year He only played in eleven games Um it, it, This is kind of a no-brainer That the bi- the Bengals are legit, and everyone who had them,
1: they're going to go
0: four and twelve or whatever. Are you Those specifically could...
1: referencing that one guy who it uh, was at, like Stark Raving Sports on YouTube? He said like the uh, strong would... opinion sports, strong yeah. opinion. That was it. He uh, he said the Bengals would be four and twelve, but in fairness, he like... came
0: back and made a video admitting he was
1: wrong. That's why I like Tromley.
0: He is a he's an exceptional. So he played. Uh, uh, I think D three ball is a quarterback, so he he does know like kind of what you're talking about with stuff on the field, and I appreciate that he came out and said, "Yeah, I was wrong," because not a lot of guys do that. You get like specifically talking heads like like a
1: you know Stephen
0: um, A. Rick Bayless, Stephen A.
1: Guys who consistently show they
0: know, f- yeah, guys yeah. who consistently know they know fuck all about football, and then continue to spit out hot takes mainly for engagement. I don't want my quarterback.
1: Wearing his cap
0: backwards. Exactly. It's just the old whites complaining. Was that a... Stephen A's? And Stephen A's one of them. And just a
1: quick question: Was that Colin Cowherd impression a, a no, reasonable? It was, it was dreadful. Never cool. do it again. Cool. That that
0: with respect. <laughs> cool. It was about as good as my Ben Shapiro impression, to be honest. Um, I've not
1: heard it. I don't know if I want to hear it.
0: Listen, hypothetically, if uh, right, you yeah, exactly talk, talk what really fast and course. say hypothetically every single other word. Um, but the Bengals literally, they have all the tools to win this game. And say what you want, they've had a very good offensive line this year. Joe still held the ball a couple times too long, admittedly. But on that jailbreak screen to see Joe Zama to go up there to score a field goal... Everyone did their jobs perfectly. Joe got rid of the ball, the perfect time, the line. All set the right way, all took off the right way. The Bengals are the team to beat right now in the AFC North. I don't care whether you like the Ravens winning on a 66-yard field goal, which definitely should have been called for delay of game and then moved back five yards, which means they wouldn't have made it. And then the Cleveland Browns, whose quarterback is really struggling to turn it on, and then, sorry to say it, but the Steelers are a bag of shit this season you need to put Haskins in and just tank. Although I think he might win more games than Rudolph or Ben at this point. Because they the Steelers have very, very good coaching staff. Mike Tomlin, what, he's never had a losing season at Pittsburgh, never. I don't think? Exactly. So you just put Dwayne Haskins in, see what happens. You wouldn't. might have a star on your hands. This is
1: a team that beat, like, the... Uh, preseason Super Bowl Browns with Duck Hodges. But yeah, we're, not, pro- we're not talking about these guys. We're talking about the Bengals being the team to beat yeah. in the AFC North. Uh, uh, Sorry, the, I wanted the to Packers, direct us back on track.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and the Packers do sometimes play down to their competition. Now, it might look like they are the better team on paper, but the Bengals have consistently, time and time again this season, Besides the Bears game, which honestly, if Joe didn't get in a funk for 20 minutes, they would have won. Let's be real. Joe was absolutely killing it. Um, this is the Bengals game to lose. Now, I don't like putting all these, you know, things out in the universe and then being completely wrong. But I, I just, I don't see a way the Bengals lose. Now, Aaron Rodgers is an exceptional quarterback. But the Bengals have so many more weapons. They, ha- Their defense is better. Their offense is better. Now, they don't have Aaron Rodgers, but if if the behind-the-scenes people were to be believed and college coaches, NFL coaches who've met him are to be believed, you've got the next Aaron Rodgers in Joe Burrow. It's what people are saying about him. They call him Mini A-Rod. So if, look, man, if the Bengals go out there and torture him, then I just need every single hater of the Bengals to just shut up. And I wouldn't be this big on the Bengals if it wasn't for them having two of the best LSU players to ever play football. But this Bengals squad is stacked.
2: Their There's Super Bowl window mentioned. is firmly open. There's players not Sam Hubbard is one of the great unmentioned players. Joe Mixon is maybe the best pass-blocking running back Joe in Mixon. the NFL yeah. right now.
0: Tyler Shelvin, Larry Ogan, Joby. Uh, Trey oh. Hendrickson. They are oh. stacked with talent.
1: What are your thoughts as a as a sort of outsider, but of mainly like mildly adopting the Bengals because of the LSU connection? What are your thoughts on Zach Taylor as the head coach? Because
0: ah, uh, the thing is, I like him because I understand that he's a young head coach, and he's he's. Had a lot of stuff to deal with, but at times his play calling is just so tepid. Like, there's some points where you really... Like, okay, I admittedly in like the Vikings game where it was like a fourth and three, and he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to give it to Joe Mixon and see what happens. But like, yeah, he he can call balls out plays when he needs to, but sometimes he just he isn't aggressive enough. Now... I think if they brought in like Joe Brady as an offensive coordinator and then went to a Notre a Dame and spoke to Marcus Freeman and said, "Hey, how would you feel about coming in and being the defensive coordinator?" His house is still in Cincinnati. He drives to South Bend to go to work. Um, so those two guys could really help because Zach Taylor, he is from that coaching tree of I had lunch with Sean McVay once, so now I've got a head coaching job. <laughs> but like he he does know what he's doing. He's just. Learning a little, like he was in way over his head his first year as a coach at at the Bengals. It was just clear as day. And then last year, struggled. This year, he seems to know what the fuck he's doing, and his players seem to have confidence in him. He's not a long tenured guy who's got massive respect around the league, but he's not like Urban Meyer, where his players are literally laughing in his face. Like he has the respect of the locker room, and every single player there would run for a damn wall for Zach and Joe. And if that's not what you build a football team in,
1: I I, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, Ed, do you want to mention anything else about this game or?
2: I, d- d- no, I I I'm just in awe at Kieran's takes. I'm just in
1: literally. I'm as much of a listener as everyone else is when he gets going. I love it. It's brilliant, honestly. <laughs> You're welcome back any time, but yeah. we've now got the real main event of this preview show. Which you mean is... we're not even we're not even going to touch on how good
2: of a game Jags-Titans is going to
1: be? We've been doing this for an hour. I'm te- <laughs> right. I, am, yeah. I am conscious right, that...
2: Fine. fine. If I wanted to see Trevor Lawrence
0: get battered by a defence, I'd watch the 2019 national title game again. If I wanted to see
1: the Tennessee Titans get torched by a rookie quarterback who's played like shit in every other game, I'd watch last week's game against the Jets. That's everything that I have to say. Anyway.
2: Yeah, you've described two incredibly fun games to watch. I'm going (laughs) to hang my hat on this game and say I'm going to enjoy watching it. All right, let's move on.
1: Let's move on to a brand new segment devised by Max, who is sadly not here because, like I mentioned, he's buried under paperwork. We like to call this one, they are who we thought they were. But they are who we thought they were! And we let them off the hook! So the way that this works is that we uh, we each pick an off-season take that we had that has gone surprisingly very nicely, and we are going to back it all up because they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. We're going to probably do this next week, but with everything that we got wrong, which... For me, is an You're ever-growing list. much more full list. episode. Yeah, <laughs> that will not be a preview show. That will just be like, we are going to do this for the whole episode. But let's get into it. Kieran, would you like to go first or would you like me and Ed to go first?
0: I- I'll go first. So I think everyone knows what I'm going to say. Jamar Chase is the best rookie
2: in the NFL right now.
1: But they are what we thought they were. And we let them all go.
2: <laughs> yeah, the- the- there's precious little argument there. I mean, the the hot take merchants who were like, oh, he's bitching because his football's different. Like, that was that was the point where I was like, right, there is... Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking smack at you,
1: Thomas Chaffell. That'll be mine for <laughs> next week, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, that is a lot lot harder to catch, but the only problem with him saying that is you shouldn't let one of your guys say that to the media. You just shouldn't. Every, even if every player thinks it, which, by the way, a lot of guys do... Even when it goes from like kids who've been playing peewee who move up to using full-size footballs in high school, there's a little bit of readjusting. There's a lot of muscle memory that goes into making catches. And when you've got to just expand your hands a tiny bit, the muscle memory isn't that easy. So they just shouldn't have let him say that to the cameras, um, even if he was thinking that. But by far the best rookie, the most productive at least uh, so far. And I know Brett Coleman says it best. People use stats the same way a drunk uses a lamppost for stability, not illumination. So I am not going to just quote stats at you because that's not a supported point in an argument. Because another Brett Coleman quote is, numbers don't lie except for when they do. Now, the four touchdowns (laughs) just shy of 300 yards is exceptional. But watch him play. Mm Mm-hmm. He was torching Patrick Peterson for fuck's sake, and I know you can say, "Ho, oh, he's old," but he's also
2: one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the league.
0: Yeah, sorry, cornerback.
2: To beat Pat Pete on a double move is like it, it's almost an impossibility because he's seen Tiger what, on like... Tiger
0: violence. Patrick <laughs> Peterson was the first
2: number seven at LSU, and up until
0: Derek Stingley, Chase was the last one. <laughs> it was just ridiculous amounts of violence from those two, but like, it was great to watch, like seeing it in person when you, I watched Jamar Chase almost every single play. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. There was two or three plays where he didn't get open. He's just They're, an um,
2: I don't understand what's happened with LSU. Cause they seem to have just somewhere in the coaching, they seem to have just taught their receivers. These are all of the, um, all of the releases you'll ever need. Here's when you use them. And they come in so much more ready, like at the line, mm-hmm. than any other any other school seems to produce wide receivers. We, we've got, and now we've got. So we bought in Justin Jefferson,
0: OBJ, Jarvis Landry, DJ Chalk, the, the the list goes on, and now queued up for the next few years: Keion Boutte, Jack Besh, um, Elijah Smith, the coldest Crawford, Trey Palmer, the coldest Crawford. The league isn't ready. And 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 that's what we coach best. We suck as a football team right now. I'm completely fucking honest with you. We're trash. But like, th- these receivers, I don't know what we're teaching them, but we, you can see it from just Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in the past couple of years. They're exceptional. Jamar Chase gets open every single play. He's fast. His hips are fluid. He transitions up the field well. He very rarely struggles to get his head around in time. He is an
1: exceptional player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think that this is also like, it's funny because this quote in particular uh, that, I, that I've used for the soundboard is specifically talking about why we play preseason. This is, Jamar Chase is one of the examples of why we maybe shouldn't care about anything that happens in preseason because he, he looked like everything that people were saying about him was going to come true in preseason. The moment that he gets out there, NFL week one, baller. So yeah, first catch was a
0: thirty-five yard um, toe tapper. Exactly due to free. Nathan Peterman was good in a preseason before, so preseason literally I've never put stock in preseason. Yeah. Means absolute fuck all.
2: <laughs> Don't I mean? You're talking to a closeted pit pit fan, so let's be let's be cool on the on the anti Peterman
1: takes. But... Hey, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be like out here. <laughs> you're pro Peterman. Being... I'm not pro Peterman. I'm just like. I just think it's funny. That's all I think <laughs> it is. I just think that he's funny. Um actually just quickly to touch upon Pitt, because I'm seeing oh uh, Kenny Pickett this, Kenny Pickett that. I'm seeing things that I'm liking out of Kenny Pickett, man. <laughs> I he, wear, he wears two gloves, he's a fucking joke. Whoa, Teddy Bridgewater. Hello. Is Teddy Bridgewater good? He's been pretty fucking, uh, pretty Yet. fucking consistent right now.
2: <laughs> yes, I... Teddy is good, but yes, I am hideously biased.
0: On <laughs> yeah, I just look. I get Teddy Bridgewater's reasons behind it, but I feel like Kenny Pickett's reasons behind it is that his hands are a little bit too small, which worries me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not, no, that's just... not even yeah. like
0: a diss. I legitimately think he's just got small hands.
1: Yeah, but if we're talking about things that are a little bit too small and then they get into the NFL and blow all of those expectations out of the water, weren't everyone saying that Kyler Murray was going to be too small to play quarterback? I'm not. I'm obviously not comparing Kenny Pickett's small hands (laughs) to everyone comparing, like... That's that's a perfect transition, though, Tom. If we
2: stay right there, my my preseason take was Kyler for MVP.
1: But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Never. That's never gonna get old. If, if he <laughs> sorts out the
0: turnovers, for sure. I just don't yeah. like the air raid system in the NFL. And I think that the Cardinals have a dog shit head coach, and the fact that they fluke their way to four zero is literally the most surprising thing that's happened this season. Ed,
2: give I us mean, your reasoning. I I I agree with everything you said about Steve uh, Cliff Kingsbury. We spoke a lot about last week about how Steve Kimes did an incredible job to like give Kyler weapons and weirdly I don't know I just think that there's something about Kyler if he stays healthy he's producing more sizzle than any other QB right now and it's sizzle not steak that wins the MVP right so Mm. even, (laughs) even if I even if Kyler isn't actually putting up numbers every time even if you know the offense is a little bit of a sheen of something that's not really there like that's the kind of thing that wins the MVP I mean as much as I'm as much as i'm very happy that peterson won the mvp was he the best player that year or was it narrative driven like the narrative of kyler winning anything with a, with a cardinals team it just, it reads like kyler for mvp is not necessarily a done thing cuz there's better, there's as good quarterbacks in the league right now but narrative there's not many that are playing better that have the plot armour behind them that Kyler does. Yeah, yeah was...
0: Kyler's an exceptional quarterback. I don't think... Like, obviously, everyone who harps on about size has just literally never fucking played football. Like, it's guys like Colin Cowherd and and Skip Bayless, you know, men who are obsessed with athletes they don't like. Um, you know, we've, we've seen how he talks about Baker Mayfield. We've seen how Skip talks about LeBron James. It, it, it's an absolute clown show of hot takes, but Kyler Murray is legit. You can see that, and the only worry I've ever had about him is he's going to be wasted by an absolutely abhorrent coach in Cliff Kingsbury, because I don't think the man can... How do you, how do you go 5-7 and seven at Texas Tech and then get hired to be an NFL head? I don't know. Do
1: you know um, Cliff Kingsbury's never had a winning season. He's had Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray as his two starting <laughs> quarterbacks such a Cliff Kingsbury thing to do. Um, (laughs) When I found that style, I have maintained that that will be the one thing that until he proves it right, I will call him a bum for forever. Because how do you have Patrick fucking Mahomes and then Kyler fucking Murray and manage to still never win more than eight games or fucking seven games?
0: Just... (sighs) Let's be honest, though. In Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes had, like, the most dogshit mechanics I've ever seen for a quarterback. He looked like Trey Lance throwing the ball. It was absolutely disgusting to watch. I felt sick that an Oklahoma defense let him throw for 732 yards. How do you do that from a dude who can't set his feet properly? He was just going off pure arm talent and hoping people are out there. So, like, respect. You've got some jeans, kid. But you could not play football at that point in time. Now, obviously, he's turned into an absolute media darling and he's a very very good player uh, uh, but that's the thing with Kyler he came in fairly pro ready because of his like um, athletic ability now does he look like a toddler who's stolen candy from the jar when he's scrambling oh of course that looked like me when I was three years old stealing meat from the stew pot it was hilarious I'd waddle out there <laughs> in my nappy running away of a piece of meat in my hands we it think was hilarious
1: looks, we, we think that he looks like the Bic mascot you know, like the big, yes, Pens 100%. <laughs> but
0: that being said, he's an absolutely exceptional quarterback, and yeah. it, it part of it is his athletic ability, but also he's got a cannon for an arm and he can really zip those passes. My only concern is, is Cliff going to be able to, you know, take him into the postseason and make the right decisions? I'm not 100% sure he can.
2: We, we've spoken about this on the podcast before, actually, but I wanted to get your take as a sort of mechanics expert. Kyla does this, and Russell does this as well. Everything looks like a heave until the moment it leaves his arm, and then it's a rainbow. Do you know what I'm saying? But even if it's like a dump-off, it's like... And then it just sort of drifts away.
1: He's
2: got he's like, a couple times of times where he
1: where he's like been falling backwards and just sort of cocks a, an absolute <laughs> rocket out of his arm and all of a sudden you just sort of see it just daintily leave his hands and He just does this gracefully. sometimes. Yeah. And, and it th- spins like a rocket. Yeah. Like,
0: I don't get how his his passing works. You've seen heaves that look like touch balls and then he'll just,
1: uh, and it fucking speeds like a bullet. He, I think on the Hale Murray play he literally did that exact thing. He doesn't, like, move his wrist in any way. He just sort of Whams it downfield, but there's no there's no touch on it until all of a sudden, right at the very last second, you just. Sort if of see he if just...
0: he threw that in practice, I would pull him aside and be like, "What are you doing? Like, why why didn't you set your feet? Well, maybe why this is
1: why Cliff Kingsbury. Is the perfect... your arm
0: like that.
1: Maybe this is why he's the perfect coach for him, though, because he's letting him do these like weird looking, like weird mechanics. Because Cliff Kingsbury doesn't know how to co- uh, coach people properly, but therefore. He's letting Kyler Murray work it out on his own, and is therefore letting him do the Kyler Murray things. If Klis- if Klis- Kingsbury had like any other like quarterback coaching style, then we'd be seeing. I don't. I don't even know, man. I don't. I legitimately am scared to think of how like different Kyler Murray could be if Kingsbury <laughs> knew what he was doing and he still runs the air raid for some <laughs> bizarre reason. Oh, let's use the air raid that
0: only works in college because of how college defenses are. Let's now try it in a in the NFL where it's never going to work and it it's not worked for two seasons, but maybe it'll work this season because we got a defense and we can afford to give up three or four touchdowns a, like a game, not three or four touchdowns, three or four
2: turnovers. Do you remember the um the thing with Cliff Kensbury where he um He was struggling to explain to reporters the difference between the three-tech and the nose-tackle. Have you you seen this? Uh, (laughs) uh, I was was like... It was why we had that bit, Tom, where he was going around introducing himself to the defensive players that were on the league last year. (laughs) Like, how, bro? You're a
0: head coach.
2: (laughs) I, I,
0: it's like I know. There's the whole old oh, Brett Favre didn't know what a nickel defense is till he was in the league like eight years. Which, by the way, is bollocks because you learn what a nickel defense is in fucking high school. I don't know if he went to high school in like bum fuck nowhere because he's like some hillbilly cowboy dude. <laughs> but like, you, you know what I mean? You wear enough Wrangler jeans and the, the shoe fits at that point. Well, cowboy boot. And then like, I don't know how you don't know this, Cliff. You are an NFL head coach, my friend. You get paid millions of fucking dollars to run a team, and you'll be like, wow, I don't know the difference between a free-tech and a nose-tackle. Next you're going to tell me there's something called a five-technique. What's a five-point <laughs> stance? Is that the same thing?
1: Nah, man, can't, <laughs> can't have that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to mine, um, because... Thankfully, Max isn't here to steal it away from me because he would have one million percent done exactly what I'm about to do, which meant that I would have had to pivot over to the Cowboys. But uh my... But they are what we thought they were! And we let them off the hook! ...take is that um the LA Chargers defense would be very, very good this year. I think I was saying before like the season well before like off season even finished, and they still sort of were waiting to find out whether or not Derwin James would be healthy and I was like, if Derwin James is back in that defense and with Brandon staley as their as their head coach, this is gonna be a phenomenal like top five level defense. They are absolutely ridiculous. They have Derwin James back, who is playing out of his skins. They have Asante Samuel, who made one of the best like interception grabs off of Patrick Mahomes that I saw last week. Honestly, phenomenal play. Linval Joseph, as Ed will attest to, is unbeatable against the run. You cannot get through that man. He is £350 of pure, unadulterated brick wall mass.
2: And his wingspan as well is ridiculous. He is a two-gap two stuffer by himself. Joey Bosa violence
1: is, as a person. <laughs> Joey Bosa is putting in a stake for defensive player of the year purely from just how terrorizing he is. He's he's always been very good, but him being actually healthy and given an actual scheme by a phenomenal head coach is is just sort of he feels like he has an air about him as if to say, "Fuck you, I'm going to do what I want." It doesn't matter which O-lineman he's up against, he terrorises everyone. So, Joe Bosa, uh, Jerry Bosa, Kyle Fackrell had a pretty good game against the Raiders. Like, you sort of run through the Chargers and you sort of look around every position and you're like... They're unbeatable. Um, where do did you, you pick?
2: Did you pick up Corey Lindsley on that? Because he's maybe the best free agent signing of the off-season.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right. I didn't pick him up and, yeah, again it's just they must have put in an absolute like they must have genuinely put in so much work on their defense because they knew they had the liberty of being able to say well justin herbert is going to be great and we've got like a bunch of talent elsewhere we've got a pretty good like o-lineman coming in in the draft so fuck it we'll just like specifically work on defense because you look at the old Chargers from like last year and the year before, and how they would blow games in the last minute because they would charger the fuck out of it. You mentioned about uh, the fade to Mike Williams, uh, Kieran, how, oh, they've left my home. Stupidest fucking play ever. Stupidest fucking
0: play ever, but it worked. But
1: when you trust what you got in there in your defense, you trust what they're going to do, and you trust them to maybe. Just maybe get a stop. Keep Patrick Mahomes down. That's that's impressive. They are my biggest deserved. problem as
0: well is that the refs give Kansas City so many calls. Yeah. So the fact that you had the balls to be like, my defense is disciplined enough that the refs couldn't even, yeah. attempt to call something. It just, just speaks to how good this team is.
1: And that's what I think yeah, it comes down to. Teamwork. Yeah, discipline, a hundred percent. They are not giving up stupid penalties. Like you watch basically like any bad defense. They're giving up like crap penalties. The Chiefs, for example. I can't remember which game it was. It may have actually been the Chargers game. Stupid uh pass interference on the goal line from Legerious Sneed. And it's like there is a mistakes that you will not find out of this Chargers team. They are not gonna get penalised for a pass interference on, like, a 70-yard deep shot because they've, like, busted coverage. They know what they're doing. They know exactly who's going to do it. And they do it to a phenomenal level. And if they can keep Joey Bosa healthy, they've got a pass rush. If they can keep, like, Derwin James healthy, they've got a secondary. What? Where are you going to beat them? That's, that's my take. They were going to be good, and they're proving it every fucking week. They
0: look like a completely different team from last year as well, despite, yeah, yeah obviously they had roster moves the draft and stuff but like the fact that they look so different and it's Mm -hmm. mainly because of coaching man they should have got rid of anthony lynn years ago yeah they should have yeah it's just crazy
1: i like anthony lynn as a as a human being but him coaching this team it it seemed to waste it just a little bit i i don't like bitching about anthony lynn because i do like him as just he is a phenomenal... Yeah, he seems player, like a nice bloke. I just can't... I can't forgive him for... for how many wasted moments they had last year. They won...
0: Uh, no, they lost, I think, eight games by, like, a score.
1: Yeah. It was... uh,
0: and from tepid play calling and then just... either not being aggressive enough or being too aggressive.
1: Yeah. One of the reasons why I was going to like pivot to the Cowboys is a lot of the things that I've sort of mentioned here could also apply to them, but like to a lesser extent, which is why I'm glad that Max isn't here because it seems like a much stronger take. But I was saying that the Cowboys' defense would also be like much, much better than it was. And I, that was a much less hot take because Mike Nolan not being the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys and Dan Quinn being would have immediately made them better, but... I think that they've also like gone from strength to strength all throughout this season, so both of those and, teams have vastly improved.
0: And but, we need to hear less about Micah Parsons and a bit more about Osura Digizuwa. He is so pre draft, me and Raj, I don't know if you guys have met Raj, over at full ten yards, I were so, maybe were literally creaming over Osa Adigizua, um, <laughs> up until the lead-up to the draft. So for the NFL draft scouting guide, I had interior defensive lineman, and he was one of the most incredible players to watch. A, a-, a defensive tackle. So he was a high uh, state wrestling champion in high school, so he really understands leverage. He is super violent with his hands, very aggressive, always sets pad height correctly, and you can see... What he's doing at the Cowboys right now, he's in that offensive line every single play. He gets in there, he draws double teams because of how violent and explosive he is. He's fucking scary. He is a scary man, and he's making a huge difference to that Cowboys pass rush to be able to go out there and just obliterate quarterbacks
2: because you know he's drawing at least one or two linemen every single play. He's making he's making Leighton Van Der Esch obsolete, right? Because... <laughs> the point is, they they just need coverage linebackers now because of his gap discipline. Like that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is. Yeah, and he he can do everything. He can do free tech, five
0: tech. You no, know, he's basically like Quinn and Williams. Um, I don't know if you remember how good Quinn and Williams was coming out of Alabama. He was very versatile. His gap discipline was incredible. He could play free tech, five tech, like ev- anything he wanted to do on that line, he could do. And that's what they're doing with Osaro Digizua. He's just a little bit more explosive and violent.
2: I I was so <laughs> I was so cognizant that you would talk about Osa Dicky, So <laughs> I told Tom beforehand to just keep an ear out for it. But, I mean, <laughs> we we agreed with it though. If if you remember on the uh, on the draft punks thing, you were very high on him then, and I I was I was in agreement. I I went back and looked at it. And I was I was like, oh yeah, this this guy's this guy's got some juice to him. It. it was weird. I don't watch a lot of UCLA tape. <laughs>
1: meaning uh, i've sworn off it after what they did to us a couple of weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> all right it's been an absolute pleasure to have you kieran um just to remind everyone where can we find you later on if uh if people have enjoyed your time around here
0: you can find me personally at the himbo f10 y um my girlfriend's favourite nickname for me. Um, and then you can find the rest of the guys I work with over at Full 10 Yards and at Full 10 Yards CFB. And then if you head over on to at Full 10, not at Full 10 Yards, Full10Yards.com, you'll find our articles, all our stuff like that. I've got a top, te- uh, top 10 quarterbacks article coming in either tomorrow or today, depending on you know, how that goes after I finish this. Uh, And then you can catch articles from, like, Andy, Lee, Raj, Keith, uh, all the guys over there, if you love college football and if you love the NFL, we've got you covered. Fantastic. Just
2: just for our own amusement, then, before we go, um, it'll come out after this, so you don't need to worry about it preempting things. But is Kenny Pickett in that top 10? No. He's not (laughs) even in my top... I'm going to be honest, he's not even in my top 20. (laughs)
0: He's he's like twenty three because there's just <laughs> because the way I'm grading quarterbacks recently, I've got guys like Desmond Ritter and stuff really high because I was so scared that I missed on Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and all these fucking absolute animals with cannon arms who just have terrible <laughs> mechanics. Um, uh, uh, look, I'll, I'll tell you who's top because then you guys can argue about it amongst yourself. It's Matt Corral. Ooh. Because this, um, this will probably come out after the article drops, but if, if you want to come argue with me about it on Twitter, then you've heard my at, it's at the Himbo F10Y, you can come tell me I'm wrong, and and I'll tell you that you're wrong, and then we can just do that for a couple hours.
1: Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, the amount of like spats that I see of you getting into arguments about... Uh, I love it. Tyler Boyd's root uh, root uh, running was something that I noticed that you were having a a fair amount of stick for
0: um uh i've got to listen to idiots tell me that oh deontay johnson's the one of the best route runners in the nfl or oh tom brady has a stronger arm than mac jones just absolute dog shit takes from people with blue check marks and it hurts my brain because i watched tom brady play for years never had a strong arm mac jones doesn't have a strong arm either but he can still push the ball downfield when need to but people get a blue check mark and then think they're the smartest motherfucker on earth but it turns out it just rips their brain out and replaces it with two threads hanging a little tag that says verified <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, the fucking imagery man We need just to get the you back worst on. people <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you back on the I, show that, as well that, because we've not actually that, touched upon how you hate PFF just as much as I do but we'll save that yeah, for the next up. time
2: that was a conscious yeah. decision from me if we wanted to get off on time, that will no, not to be brought up that, that <laughs> being said, I did have
0: Jake Ellen Bogan on my podcast recently to talk about the Rams. He is verified, and he is one of the smartest men with a check mark on Twitter. That guy knows what he's talking about so if you if you enjoy Rams content, follow at downtown Rams and j k. Bogan on Twitter. That guy consistently good takes and interacts all the time, so he's like a great guy to talk to
1: fantastic. Alright, we're gonna uh, we're gonna shoot from here, but thank you for joining us, Kieran. You've been an absolute fucking pleasure. Like I say, we will have you back as soon as we find the necessary week to do it. And uh yeah, absolutely always welcome. And if you want to find out anything else that we do, you gotta go to our Twitter and go to at stifflippod. That is at stifflippod. Also Uh, You can see my own personal things of uh, at Tom underscore Chappers 1997 or at NFL underscore Wilkins, which is uh, Ed's. And we will see you on some point next week when we do all of the recaps and find out that everything that we previewed about this week's batch of games has gone down the shitter just like my Jamar Chase takes. Anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure and we will see you next week. Thank you.